0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The BYU football program has their QB1 for the Big 12 era, at least on paper, and that is Keedon Slovis it officially announced that he signed with BYU over the holiday weekend. What does he bring to the table and how will he help BYU as they begin play in the Big 12 next fall? We'll talk about that as well as the weapons around him they'll be able to get the rock to in 2023. What is up everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars and of course for making us your first listen of the day. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network and as such we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Goal here simply stated to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room and uh, first let me say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you all. Thank you for getting back with us. Uh, I took the day off on the 26th yesterday to celebrate the holidays. It's observed, obviously, by most companies when it falls on a Sunday, the following Monday, and decided to take the day. But nonetheless, a big thank you to all of you for taking the time to check us out. A lot to get to ahead on today's show, but if you missed it over the weekend, some big news. BYU has their, uh, in thought, QB1 for the first season of their Big 12 era in Keaton Slovis. The former USC and Pitt quarterback comes to BYU by way of uh, the Pitt Panthers most recently playing for Pittsburgh. And uh, there's no doubt that Jaron Hall leaves a gaping hole, and he made the announcement over the weekend as well, I guess right as the weekend is really beginning, that he is officially headed for the NFL, and we wish uh, Jaron absolutely the best in his NFL journey. It was, it was a fantastic run he had. His incredible touchdown-to-interception ratio will have NFL scouts thinking, okay, what are, what are the possibilities with this guy? I think the biggest holdup for Jaron is going to be with regards to his health status. Can he stay healthy for any significant period of time? That will really, uh, I think, dictate what his NFL career looks like. But as I mentioned, he leaves an absolutely gaping hole in BYU's offense with his exit from the program. But just a day after Jaron officially announced he was entering the NFL draft, well Keaton Slovis announced his commitment to BYU and shortly thereafter Christmas Eve morning, uh, BYU officially announced that he had signed uh, to join the BYU football program. I I really like Slovis on paper at least, uh, just looking at his stats. If you go by his stats, you're looking at maybe the most accomplished passer in the transfer portal. This is a guy who has 9,973 Three career yards passing, nearly 2,500 yards per per season on average, and one of those seasons is the 2020 season when he only played six games in the pandemic shortened season in the big and to in, in the Pac-12 for the USC Trojans. He has 68 career touchdowns against 33 interceptions this past season, though obviously at Pitt, maybe his most poor in terms of overall output, just a shade under 2,400 yards, 2,397 yards, then 10 touchdowns with nine interceptions. Those are not numbers that you want to see from a quarterback. But the other thing about this is he did have a seven and four Mark as the starting quarterback for the Panthers. Now it's also acknowledged some of you probably wondering, okay, well they had a really good quarterback in Kenny Pickett before he got there. Yes, they did, but they also made a change at offensive coordinator. Kurt Signetti, uh, took over from Mark Whipple, who was a pass happy offensive guru. And for whatever reason, there was a falling out between Whipple and a uh, head coach, Pat Narduzzi there at Pitt and Whipple ended up uh, going to Nebraska because in the season before, uh, I... Uh, who uh, Keaton Slovis, man, I, I wanted to say uh, Kenny Pickett, but I wasn't Kenny Pickett. The season before, uh, Keaton Slovis got to Pitt. Kenny Pickett passed for four thousand five hundred yards, nearly absolutely monster numbers in that offense. This past year, though, uh, so in, as a team in twenty twenty one, Pitt as a team four thousand seven hundred twenty three yards passing versus two thousand six hundred fifty five in twenty twenty two. Now you're probably wondering, well, they probably went really to a rush heavy offense, and they did. That that was big reason why Kurt Signetti was brought in to be the offensive coordinator for the Panthers was the thought that he would get the offense to be more of a ground and pound uh, ball control, time of possession type offense. And that's what it did. But the rushing numbers actually were about the same in 2021 to 2022. They had a net uh, gain of 67 yards total, excuse me, 68 yards total rushing uh, for the Panthers. Went from 2,107 rushing yards in 2021 to just 2,175 this year for the Panthers. So uh, this is an offense that really, I think, fell off in a big way. And is part of that on Slovis? Probably. Is not a part of it on the fact that they lost the the Blitnikoff Award winner in Jordan Addison to the transfer portal? And obviously, he went on to do great things for the USC Trojans. Absolutely. Jordan Addison ha- Jordan Addison alone had nearly 1,600 yards as a, as a sophomore, I guess it would have been, at Pitt in 2021. Obviously, spent this past season playing for the USC Trojans, but there is a downturn there. And y'all you obviously, you're wondering okay, can BYU get more out of Keaton Slovis than Pitt did? Because I, I, BYU is betting on the fact that they can get Keaton Slovis back to the level that he was playing at when he was at USC. This is a guy who had an absolutely monster freshman campaign nearly 3,500 yards, had an elite wide receiving core around him, and just absolutely was torching everybody. Many of you will recall going in uh, to the next season, he was considered to be a Heisman uh, frontrunner. He was a guy that, if he, if he goes out and puts those numbers up again, he could win the Heisman at USC. It did not go to according to plan. The next two seasons kind of middling, his coach ends up getting fired and then he ends up deciding I'm I'm leaving the program, especially considering when uh, you hire a new coach and you bring in Lincoln Riley and he's bringing his quarterback with him, well it's not going to leave much of a room for a guy like Keaton Slovis. So he made the jump, joins Pitt and didn't necessarily have the monster year that he probably envisioned for himself, but the hope is, as I mentioned, that BYU can unlock more of what we saw from Keaton Slovis at USC versus what we saw this past season at pit I understand the skepticism I understand why you would be thinking okay this is not going to work this is this is a, a a bad idea I get all that skepticism but I can tell you this much USC assuming yeah, USC BYU's coaching staff speaking of Aaron Roderick as well as his uh, other offensive staffers I'm speaking mainly of like guys like Fesie Satake who's the passing game coordinator they evaluated at least 20 that I know of. I have it on very good authority. They evaluated upwards of two dozen guys in the transfer portal, speaking of quarterbacks alone. And they felt like Keaton Slovis was the best bet they could get. There's one thing that Keaton Slovis no matter who, if you think he's awesome or bad, there's one thing that he features and that's a huge arm. This is a guy who can make all of the fields all, all of the throws down the field. And that's what BYU's offense very much looks forward to. Aaron Roderick There's one thing he loves is moving the ball down the field in chunk yards. He loves those 30 and 40 yard gains. The downfield passing game is a huge part of BYU's offense. And there's one thing that Keaton Slovis brings to the table is the ability to attack downfield. Now, when he had an elite wide receiving core around him at USC, it was absolutely awesome. He had guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Fields in terms of uh, throwing the most catchable deep balls in college football. I will give him this, the wide receiving core, even without a guy like Pukunakua or Gunner Romney on it at BYU is better than what he had around him at Pitt. I will I will say that till the cows come home. Pitt did not have the same type of skill talent that I think BYU has on paper going into 2023 to surround Keaton Slovis uh, with weapons around him. I think that you can get more out of a guy like Keaton Slovis, especially with his ability to throw the ball down the field. And BYU's offense I think is more heavily geared towards that than what, I, than what Pitt was doing this past year with their offense. Like I said, it was more of a ball control, run the ball control the clock type offense that Pitt wanted to feature versus what BYU likes to do. And they're all about, okay, let's uh, run, 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 Get it down the field. Throw it on first down, down the field. They they love attacking downfield and loosening up a defense that way. And there's one thing I can tell you Keaton Slovis has is a monster arm with the ability to attack all angles of the field and move the ball that way. So I look forward to seeing what Keaton Slovis does for BYU. I think on paper right now he is penciled in as your starter when BYU takes on Sam Houston State 249 days away from today. Yes, it's 249 days away, but I think on paper Keaton Slovis is going going to be your number one quarterback. But there's one name you need to keep paying attention to because there could be an announcement coming as soon as today of a new signing in the quarterback room and that is the name of Jake Retzlaff. And if you Retzlaff Retzlaff, I don't know how you pronounce that correctly, but he is a guy who has put up monster numbers at the junior college level. He is playing at Riverside Community College down there in Southern California. He's a product of Centennial High School down there in Southern California and he this past season completed 63.3% of his pass for 4000 587 yards. Yes, he nearly doubled up uh, what a guy like Keaton Slovis did at Pitt. But monster numbers for Jake Redslaff. Riverside Community College also had 44 touchdowns against just 14 interceptions. This is a guy as a junior college transfer who obviously has spent two years playing at the junior college level. If he's going to be coming to BYU like I expect he will be, you can guarantee he believes he can win that starting job at BYU. But keep an eye on that. There could be an announcement as soon as today. I'm expecting an announcement sometime this week of Jake Retzleff uh, joining the BYU football program, and I think that makes your Q- Q- QB room about as holes as it's going to be, because then you have Keaton Slovis, Jake Retzleff, then you have holdovers from last year, including Asole J Myava peters Cade Fenegan, Nick Billups, and obviously the incoming true freshman, Ryder Burton. That's six quarterbacks. BYU typically carries five. Maybe one of those guys decides to opt to transfer. I'm speaking of the holdovers amongst Maiava-Peters, Fenegan, or Billups, but Nonetheless, I think at least uh, for now, that's what BYU's quarterback room is going to look like going into spring ball. Now, that doesn't mean that BYU will not continue to evaluate all options. If there's a quarterback on the transfer portal market that comes available they are absolutely in love with, I'll guarantee they will kick the tires on it and make it a true three uh, QB battle with Keaton Slovis, Retzlaff, if he does end up signing with BYU, and whoever that mystery quarterback might be. But that's only if BYU sees somebody hop into the portal from now until uh, January 18th that they are absolutely in love with. So very interesting uh, situation at BYU. But I think the good news is they shored up the most important position on the football field with a big arm kid who has shown flashes of absolute brilliance at USC and Keaton Slovis. And the hope is, and I think BYU is banking on this, they can get that same type of production or at least approach that type of production that he showed at USC out of him in his final season of eligibility at BYU. But very, very much looking forward to seeing Keaton Slovis at BYU. And it sounds like he's taking the bowl by the horn reach out to all BYU's wide receivers he's reached out to even like guys like uh, Reggie Roberson I believe is a guy who's transferring from Eastern Washington, has BYU in his finalist list. Keaton Slovis has taken it upon himself to reach out to guys like that and begin recruiting on BYU's behalf so he's acting the part as if he is the guy for BYU at quarterback and only time will tell if he's ultimately able to live up to that billing and are 249 days away from really uh, seeing it on the field. All right, coming up next, who will Keaton Slovis have around him in terms of some weapons? We got some good news over the past week, especially one yesterday, announcing they're coming back to BYU for 2023 in the start of the Big 12 era. We'll talk about those guys here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Absolutely love this company. They've been with us all season long. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available And obviously you want to get 2023 off to a a great start. This is the final week of 2022. I know a lot of people consider it to be a week that's almost a waste in a way, but you can get on top of it and beat your competition by using our friends over at LinkedIn jobs to find the right people for your company. The best part about it is you can make a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn jobs. It's really that simple. And then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you are hiring on their platform. It features simple tools like screening questions to make it easier to focus on the candidates, with just the right skills and experience, you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And the best part is, it's why LinkedIn—excuse uh, me—it's why LinkedIn Jobs is being rated number one, delivering quality hires versus leading competitors by small businesses as well. So, once again, LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the qualified candidates that you would like to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/lockedoncollege. That's linkedincom college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars, my friends. Absolutely love being with you guys every single day, talking all things BYU. I want to encourage you guys to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It covers the biggest stories in sports uh, around the world in 25 minutes or less. It also includes instant reactions to all that news, game recaps, and of course, Locked Ons take of the day that's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. right, so obviously, we've got Keaton Slovis come to BYU. He probably did his homework and was looking, okay, what do I have in terms of my options uh, to get the ball to guys around me on the football field? And if you heard the clunk, uh, my phone just fell off my lap, so apologies for that. But nonetheless, uh, who are the guys that Keaton Slovis will have to get the ball to in 2023? Well, I think we can start, obviously, with the running back position. Uh, Many of you probably saw our Thursday edition of the podcast Aiden Robbins, excuse me, our Friday edition of the podcast Aiden Robbins joined me on the show to talk about him taking over ostensibly as RB1 for BYU he's a great back to have as your safety valve if you're Keaton Slovis a guy who ran for a thousand yards this past year for UNLV, very versed in the inside and outside zone run concepts that BYU will be running as well so he figures to be a fantastic weapon for BYU obviously the breakout star of the final month of the season is Hinckley Ropati, who will be absolutely battling for playing time at running back alongside Robbins and also Miles Davis. You have a nice trio of running backs there to take some of the pressure off of a guy like Keaton Slovis when it comes to running the football, uh, getting the ball out of the backfield screen game, especially with a guy like Kinkley Ropati who showed incredible flashes of absolute brilliance in the screen game. I really like the running back core on paper for BYU. Now, a wide receiver. You obviously lose an all-everything uh, type wide receiver in Pukunakua. I know he hasn't made the official announcement. He's going pro, and I guess there is still the smallest possibility that he could come back for BYU, but I am uh, planning on him going to the senior bowl and obviously making the jump to the NFL. But behind him, who do they have a wide receiver? You have guys like Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps. I think those three alone, that trio alone, should excite any uh, wide receiver coach or quarterback because the nice part is all of them have proven production from this past year for BYU. Many of us thought coming into the season it was going to be the uh, Puganakua and Gunnar Romney show. Well, Romney was essentially a no-show and that's nothing against him. He played in a game and a half roughly for BYU and he has since moved on from football. He may give the NFL a shot but we'll find out. But now you have Keanu Hill stepping up, Chase Roberts I think stepping in to probably will be a starting role on the outside. I think Cody Epps is a fantastic slot receiver. Other wide receivers who figure to factor into the mix include Parker Kingston. You saw flashes of him in that bowl game against SMU. Kyson Hall, the younger brother of Jaron Hall, will figure to be uh, back on his feet from his mission legs and hoping to make an impact. And then two other walk-ons I think have a chance to make an impression include Tanner Wall and Talmadge Gunther. Uh, There are other wide receivers and we'll start to begin our what we call our post-mortems or our, what do we call them? Uh, Debriefings. That's what we call them. Position debriefings coming out of the 2022 season. We'll look more at these wide receiver running back and uh, uh, tight end, offensive line, all the different position groups uh, in coming days on the show. But the nice part is the wide receiving core at least has a a trio at the top who I think is a fantastic attacking trio who all offer different types of skills. you got a big-bodied receiver in Keanu Hill. Chase Roberts uh, flashes great size with great speed as well. And then Cody Epps is just the steady Eddie guy who finds himself open in a myriad of different ways, and I absolutely love his ability and he'll be coming off uh, that shoulder injury that he suffered against Liberty but uh, he's expected to be back in very short order now also you have other weapons at tight end slash fullback slash H back that includes Isaac Rex back for another year for BYU I think Isaac Rex with another off season of rehab should be closer to what we saw from the 2020 version of Isaac Rex versus uh, 2021 versus what we saw this past season in 2022 now you also have Ethan Erickson who I thought showed flashes this year the coaching staff absolutely loves this guy I think he factors in as your number two tight end. And then Mason Wake made the announcement yesterday that he said he could not miss out on the Big 12. I always expected Mason Wake to come back. He plays a myriad of different roles, both at tight end, fullback, and H-back for BYU as such a weapon and obviously air wake. The hurdles will continue at least in 2023 and that's a positive thing to have back because the one thing about Mason I love about him is his versatility can be used in a myriad of ways. Now I'd also be pleading for BYU staff to use him more as a traditional fullback in short yardage roles in 2023, but we'll have to wait and see if that truly is something they can do. Now, two other names who are what I would call impact freshmen, or at least have the opportunity to be impact freshmen for BYU, include wide receiver Josiah or Jojo Phillips uh, coming in from Sierra Kenya High School. He announced uh, his signing this past weekend with BYU Football Program. He is more in the mold of those big-bodied receivers BYU has, 6'3", 6'4", but really can run, and that's what I love about him. He's got the basketball background as well. Speaking of Phillips, so he's not afraid to go up in high point of football, and that's a fantastic weapon for BYU to have as a true freshman coming in at wide receiver. Figuring that he's probably going to get some playing time for BYU, and then at the tight end, I mentioned Rex and Erickson. Well, don't count out Jackson Bowers. This is a four-star guy who's already got a Division One Power Five size—six foot five, six foot six, two hundred and forty some odd pounds, uh, depending on who you talk to. This is a guy who can absolutely get it done. He did it at the high school level, and you can guarantee that he's coming in. To BYU as an early enrollee, expecting to have an impact right away for the BYU football program. So don't count out both JoJo Phillips and Jackson Bowers as being potential weapons for Keaton Slovis as well. So the nice part is, at least on paper, there are a myriad of weapons for a guy like Keaton Slovis to have around him. Now, who will be protecting him up front? Okay, that's a little more of a question because you have two returning starters in Connor Pay at center and then Kingsley Sumamataia, who I figure will make the jump from right tackle to left tackle for BYU. So you have at least two positions locked down on that offensive line. Uh, we already heard from Aaron Roderick that Lee Salatai he thinks has NFL capability in him. So I figure that Lee Salatai is penciled in probably at that right tackle position or maybe a guard spot. Sione Vecoso, the transfer from Arizona state this past offseason in 2022 he's a guy who figures to make a leap up and get more playing time uh, in 2023 and then also uh, Sam Daw and Sonny Maccasini are also guys who I factor factor into this race because they were guys who were on the two deep and were dressing for BYU most of the season so uh, the offensive line needs some retooling and obviously has to have three new starters take over they have lost five contributors from this past year's team speaking of Blake Freeland the Barrington brothers uh, Joe Tukuafu and then Harris LeChance who officially announced his entrance in into the NFL draft just yesterday as well. So, a lot of changes on the offensive front, but the nice part is, even with some of the guys leaving the program, there still appear to be plenty of weapons for Keaton Slovis to get the ball to in 2022. Uh, excuse me, 2023, and that should bode well for BYU's, I guess, uh, chances of being a little more competitive in 2023 than you might expect. I will continue to say this, that I think the expectations for BYU in 2023, as it stands right now, should be 6-6. Uh, six and six. Just get to a bowl game in year one of the Big 12 era. Anything beyond that, if you get to seven and five, eight and four, that's gravy, baby. Uh, that's that's fantastic. That's a great debut for BYU. The biggest thing I want to see from the Cougars in twenty twenty three is them just to be competitive, and that. 6-6, six and six, you make it to a bowl game in your first year as a Power 5 member, you take it, run, and uh, celebrate like wild because it's going to be a completely different type of slog for BYU as a member of the Power 5 and the Big 12 than it was at any point as an independent members of the Mountain West, the WAC, all the way back to any other other conferences that BYU was a member of over the decades. This is a brand new era of BYU football, and the nice part is Keaton Slovis believes he can be the guy who has success leading BYU in 2023 as they begin play in the Big 12 era. Era, and he better be right because he's got 1 year to get it right BYU hopes he has it right because if that if he's good enough BYU can find themselves a heck of a lot more competitive uh, next year than they might've thought going into this offseason. All right. Coming up here in just middle round out today, show us some thoughts on BYU basketball. Yes, I have not been ignoring the BYU men's basketball program. Some of you have been crowing about it on YouTube. We'll get to that in just a moment. First though, a word on our friends over at NHTSA. Obviously we all know about drinking and driving, but here's the scenario. You're hanging out with some of your friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby, you'll make a home okay, it's no big deal, what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill somebody. Even even no matter what the situation is everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk the results are tragic and often deadly the worst part is it doesn't still stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads and they're doing it just to save lives so if you think you're you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever drive sober or get pulled over today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. UCCU is offering you a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Now, we all just came out of the Christmas season. You probably spent way too much. I know I did. I'm going to have to pull back a little bit in the month of January. The good news is, is this savings certificate can help uh, get you a little more money into that bank account you may need, and you can do it with, uh, the best part is, a, a rate jump at any point during that 15 months. We all know the interest rates and inflation are still extremely high out there, and no matter what's going to happen, if they're going to continue. continue to go up this is where you can take advantage of those high rates with a savings certificate that four point zero zero percent APY is absolutely blowing the water out of any other checking account or savings account you have your money in right now so get it in to a savings certificate today and the best part is you can get it started for as low as $500 it makes it a fantastic option for anybody whether you're a big saver or a small saver they've got you covered at UCCU so go give them a shot you can go stop into any UCCU branch or you can give them a call or go online to uccu.com to learn more Now, the best part is if that's not the type of setup you want, that 15 months with the 4.00% APY and the one-time rate jump, you can find a way to customize your savings certificate to your benefit. That's what UCCU is here for, my friends. Once again, go to uccu.com or get started on that savings certificate today. That's UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to join the show, whether it's via YouTube, whether you're listening to us on the regular podcast platforms out there. Uh, a Thank you to all of you. I, I mentioned this on Twitter a couple of weeks back. that We had an outside shot of making it to 1 million combined listens and views in the calendar year of 2022. We're probably going to fall just short of it. But folks, the fact that we're even close to a million views slash listens over the past calendar year, it's absolutely incredible. It, this has been a product that I have been taking extreme pride in building. And obviously we've been doing it for four years now, four plus years now. But thank you uh, for all your support. Obviously, it's a holiday time, end of the year. You're spending time with family and friends. Just want to encourage you. Share this with your family and friends. Tell them about it. It, It's 30 minutes. We try and get all the major news of BYU sports out to you guys in a timely fashion and let you guys know what I have in terms of uh, my take on it. But then also, let you guys have your takes on it as well via social media and also the comment section on YouTube, all that stuff. So thank you once again uh, for your support. Now, let's talk a little BYU basketball. A couple of you reached out and said, Jake, why have you been talking a lot of BYU basketball? You didn't even mention the BYU-Utah game. Now, let me acknowledge with the BYU-Utah game, I was on the road in Albuquerque, New Mexico, at the New Mexico Bowl when that game was going on. So I did not watch it in its entirety. I actually just finished it this past weekend in its entirety. And I didn't want to give, uh, what do I call it, a an ignorant take on BYU basketball especially when it came to that game obviously I've been watching BYU's games since then uh, the face off against Western Oregon they took on uh, Weaver State more, most recently in an absolute just kind of slugfest back and forth at the Marriott Center I was actually there with my my son he wanted to go to a BYU basketball game and I treated him uh, to a night with dad out at the Marriott Center uh, watching it more as a fan but obviously uh taking it in it as a media member as well the biggest thing about BYU basketball my my friends is they look don't look now, but they're 10-5. and five. They have put together a five-game win streak suddenly, and it seems like uh, compared to this time of the, of the month, speaking to the end of this month versus the beginning of the month, how different does it feel for this BYU basketball program? If you think back to the beginning of the month, BYU was losing games to South Dakota, UVU, and you're like, oh my gosh, are the wheels going to come off? I thought the wheels were going to come off. I thought, okay, this might be a lost season for BYU. But to Mark Pope's squad's credit, that win they got in Las Vegas over Creighton in an absolutely incredible fashion because they couldn't seemingly break a press. They built up a massive lead and saw it just go all the way away, ended up trailing for a bit and then ended up grinding out a win. I think that completely changed the mindset of this team. The other thing that I think has flipped this entire season on its head is the move of Rudy Williams from the starting lineup to being BYU's sixth man. It has unlocked his offensive prowess for BYU. Uh, He's putting up like 20 plus point games just with routine and it's seemingly easy for him now as that sixth man. He seems to be more relaxed not having to run and carry the entire offense on his shoulders. You allow a guy like Dallin Hall to get that starting experience for BYU in his stead and it's really, really gotten BYU off to a great start. They're going to begin West Coast Conference play. Their final West Coast Conference campaign begins this Thursday when they head to Pacific on Thursday night. Looking forward to that and we'll have more for you guys later in the week on that front. But the biggest thing for BYU basketball is that they have put together five straight wins. The the biggest, obviously, probably is the Creighton win, considering Creighton was ranked at the time that BYU played them. They've since fallen out of the rankings because they lost, I think, like six, six games straight or something like that. They've rebounded to win two in a row, but still, Creighton was the biggest considering they were ranked at the time you beat them. The I think the best win for BYU in this five-game run was that Utah game. It was the most comprehensive uh win the BYU's had amongst the five, in my opinion. Opinion because what I loved about the Utah game is Utah is no slouch this year. I think the Utah men's basketball program is on an upswing here. I know that Craig Smith has still got some heavy lifting to do to get them back to being an NCAA tournament caliber team on an annual basis, but you took every punch that Utah seemingly could muster in that game, and you just were like, okay, we'll fend that one off. Okay, no, thank you. We'll, we'll that. The nice part was BYU just uh, – shrugged off everything that Utah could throw at them. And that's the mark of a team that is starting to believe in itself. Obviously, this game against Weber State this past week is 63-57 to 57, uh, slugfest. You just needed to win that one. Uh, there's a podcast that I listen to all the time. It's called The Solid Verbal. Some of you might check it out as well. It's been around for a decade plus, covering college football in particular. But they have a saying on their show, win your clunkers. And what that means is as a basketball or a football program, Not every game is going to be pretty. And BYU basketball, trust me, most of the games this year have not been pretty. Uh, College basketball is a product. It is not pretty overall. But nonetheless, what you got to do is even if it's a tough night for you, the best thing you can do is just win those games. BYU has won clunkers. And the most recent one was that Weber State game. That was an absolute clunker for BYU. They struggled shooting the basketball, but they rebounded with absolute authority. And that's one thing that's really helped BYU is that rebounding prowess, especially on the offensive glass. has has yielded extra possessions for BYU to get points, even when their shooting has not been great. They're shooting 32 and uh, 32 and change from three, 43.9% from the field overall. They're not great shooting numbers for BYU basketball right now, but what I can tell you about this BYU basketball program is that they, they, they compete as a team. That's, that's one thing, but at the same time, they also are starting to believe in themselves and believe that, hey, if we do this. As a unit, we do this as a team, not as a group of individuals. We do it as a team. We have an opportunity here. Uh, And I'm not saying the BYU is going to all of a sudden turn it on and go out and win the West Coast Conference title because there is still this behemoth called Gonzaga out there. Yes, the Gonzaga Bulldogs own the West Coast Conference, have owned the West Coast Conference, and will continue to own the West Coast Conference until they decide that they're going to jump to another conference, say the Big 12 down the road. But nonetheless... BYU, I think, can be highly competitive in West Coast Conference play if they stick to what they've been doing in these past five games. Opening up against uh, Pacific, who is sitting at 7-8 and eight on the year, that's a great way to get get it going here because Portland's going to be a pretty stiff test on Saturday in Provo. Uh, Shantae Legans, the head coach of Portland's Got the Pilots, just absolutely feeling night and day different from what they were under Terry Porter. But uh, The biggest thing for BYU is carry the good things you've done over the past five games, that five-game win streak, roll them forward here into West Coast Conference play, and make a run. If you can put together a pretty stellar uh, West Coast Conference slate, let's say you uh, split games with Gonzaga and essentially run the table outside of that, yes, an NCAA tournament berth is capable of being there for BYU. Do I expect BYU to do that? Absolutely not. I I think there's going to be tough nights shooting the basketball, and teams will understand that BYU is trying to rebound, and they will be doing their best to to fend that off. But BYU can put together, I think, a third or a fourth place finish in the West Coast Conference here with relative ease if they stick to the concepts that have gotten to them to this point so far. They're sitting at 10-5. and five. They're not necessarily a bad program, but they are far from some of the elite programs we've seen at BYU in recent years. So just do what you're doing and we'll see what happens. But Thursday night, it begins. The final West Coast Conference campaign of BYU basketball's uh, tenure in the WCC. Thursday night, it begins once again and obviously we'll be tracking all All of that throughout the coming three or four months of BYU hoops. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, If you guys would like to advertise with the podcast, it's a new year upcoming. It's a great time to get in. uh, Get in with the BYU football fan base, BYU basketball fan base. It's a new year, so if you've got your uh, advertising budgets on, on the table, hey, we love nothing more than to work with you guys. If you have any interest in that, please email us. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address, and we'll get you in touch with our sales team and hopefully get you on the path to advertising success podcast-wise right here on the show. But nonetheless, a big thank you once again for joining us. Go make your second listen, our friends, over the Locked On Big Twelve Podcast. Josh Neighbors is your Big Twelve expert, covering everything in the Big Twelve in 30 minutes or less every single day. Check it out wherever you get your podcast and also on YouTube. Once again, I'm Jay Catch. Thanks again for joining us. This is has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.